But the discovery group has, I mean, it's, it's been around since 1991. That's when I, when I started discovery groups and it's been through a lot of iterations and we always come back to these same questions every time that when, when you're not asking people the, the accountability questions, you're not sharing, you're not coming back and saying, how did it go when you, with your I will statements, how did it go with meeting the needs of your friends or your community or this group? The moment you stop doing those things, the group starts spreading out. It's like melting ice cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just to just, you had a group now all of a sudden it's gone. Where'd it go? Well, it right. melted the, it melted because you weren't doing the things that kept it where it needed to be. Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians become world-changing disciple makers. Hello, this is the CDM Podcast. I'm Rebecca Ewing. I'm here with David Watson today. We're going to be discussing how others have uh, chain, tried to change the DBS process and uh, how it has proven effective uh, in those changes. Rate and review our podcast and you become a, can become a premium subscriber to our podcast for just $5 a month on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks. But now you can actually have an annual membership. Yes, Patreon has allowed us to be able to offer annual memberships. And for Christmas, that we're going to do a special where if you sign up for a year subscription, we'll give you two months for free. So make sure you're taking advantage of that, telling your friends of that, and uh, so that we could all be learning more about how to make disciples together. So David, good to see you today and having a part as I've loved the series so far. Well, thanks, Rebecca. It's been good to be with you. I've been enjoying reviewing a lot of things myself. So, like I said, today we're going to be talking about uh, the DBS process and how the, the different attempts and changing it. Our last podcast, we talked about the heart of DBS. We've talked about each individual question and why they were developed and why they are, they're important to being able to see people see transformation through God's Word and to see communities and church communities built in a, in a way that actually multiplies and so, um, you know, David, so just coming out on that, you know, you were just telling me earlier that after a training, you have a tendency to get a call back uh, and, and you follow up from these things and you hear some interesting stuff. Yeah, it, it's almost every time we start a new, new training for a new movement in some place or even expanding movements into new territories, we do another training for them. It doesn't take but a few weeks when we start getting telephone calls telling us the Discovery Bible study doesn't work. <laughs> and uh, we, we go out and analyze that. I mean, it's, it's just an important part of the, the services we try to give to those people who have invested in our ministry and we've invested in them is to go out and help them analyze what's, what's going wrong. And probably the number one thing is going wrong is the wrong leader. Mm-hmm. They will, uh, they will put one of their Christian leaders into the group that's all lost. Mm -hmm. and, and the Christian leader just tends to start talking and, and just, you know, just do whatever they, they want. But, it, you know, there's, there's things you start asking them, said, okay, listen, 
when you're when you're talking all the time and you're only your voice is being heard in the meeting, mm-hmm. you got a problem, mm-hmm. and, and it's a serious problem because no one who's lost is going to challenge you because you're the subject matter expert. Exactly. They're it's not, not discovery have, anymore, is it? <laughs> no, it, it's and, and it's and it's all about you know the in, in so many cultures the they have a high regard for the teacher mm-hmm. and to speak to the teacher or to ask questions of the teacher is, is not acceptable in their culture. Mm-hmm. So once you start talking as a teacher, that shuts down all discussion and, and all discovery. Cause now you, you start trying to fill up the, the blank time. You start talking about things that you, and, 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 and then the second thing that happens, we, you start seeing, well, people start jumping in and pulling in texts from other places in the Bible. And mm-hmm. it's usually the leader that does it. It's, Christian leader does it because everybody because else they know, know more about the Bible. Than... <laughs> they know about exactly, and they start pulling in other questions, other passages, and now they've just confused everybody in the in the group about okay, which passage are we studying? What what are we talking? Because you're just, and and they don't have the ability to go through the Bible and find things. And actually, I just I actually do not encourage you to take a Bible into these groups mm-hmm. or even and just type out. I, I have a I have a loose leaf Bible. I just pull out the pages, highlight it, photocopy it, and send it. So why would you say that? Why would you say not even to to bring in a Bible just to have the because the pe- because people will start flipping pages when they get bored. Mm, yeah, and they'll start looking for other things and and it's to focus them on the passage at hand. It's keep them focused on the one passage that you're dealing with. That's mm-hmm. that's really the important part of discovery. It, it's like the guy you take fishing every three seconds. He wants to move the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't catch any fish if you're moving the boat every three seconds. You know you gotta you've got to stay in a place and fish it out until you know it's not. Then you move on because the same thing with discovery. If you keep adding information into the pot, then mm-hmm. they don't they don't get which is important. Exactly. Exactly. And this reminds me what you said last time about why discovery is so important is because you want people to be able to to listen and hear directly from God and that we shouldn't get in the way of that. In fact, I remember you saying that, you know, God's job is to draw people to himself and our job is to make sure that they listen and learn learn from Mm -hmm. God. And so the best way, the really the best way to do that is to let the word speak for itself. And our questions are merely just to point them into that direction and, and have them go through that process. And, you know, there's just several things that, that give you a clue if you're, you're not leading group, right? If, if you talk and you stop talking, the group stays quiet, Mm -hmm. you're, you're not leading the group correctly. Right. Or if you start correcting people mm-hmm. instead of allowing the group to correct, you start correcting people as the leader. And, and that shuts down a group. You've got mm-hmm. to let the group cor- correct one another. And, and even if they don't get to the place that you wanted them to get to in that correction, they move toward it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, one of, that's one of the things a group has to learn is we can self-correct. We don't have to have someone correcting us. So I can hear our listener right now asking the question. I can hear them. It's like they, because I, you know, I've been coaching for so long. I can hear it in the background. So that, does that mean we never answer any questions that people ask us? Well, I mean, ever? That's yes, that they that's say. what it means. 
<laughs> you, you want them to listen and learn from God. The moment they start learning from you, you're a tangible, present person that they can call. They don't, they don't have to learn how to pray. They don't have to learn how to listen to God. They don't have to learn how to read the Bible. They don't have to do any of that because you're, you're, you can, they can just call you and get the answer. Mm-hmm. And once you're the answer man, uh, discovery shuts down. Because everything we give, I don't care how long you've been doing this, everything we give is biased. Mm-hmm. It's biased to our understanding of the word. It's biased to our traditions. It's biased to our, our, our culture. So we have so many biases that actually become filters when we speak to other people in a different culture. So how do you answer somebody in a DBS that asks you a question about what something means or maybe that they don't understand, you know, some part of it or something like that? Yeah, read the book of Matthew and tell me what God tells you. You know, read the read first the second Thessalonians and tell me what God tells you. Read Romans, tell me what God tells you. So you expand the context, is that what you mean? No, I don't expand the context. It's about answering a question. Somebody asking me a question that's not in the context in which we're talking about, mm-hmm. I'll say, Go read this and and come back and tell me what God tells you. Mm-hmm. And and I do that with my I mean, I'm on I'm on Zoom and Skype and all kinds of places all the time and and people ask me questions. I never answer them. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I, I say, read this. Uh, I'll get them down to a book of the Bible mm-hmm. and say, read this. And sometimes I'll say, you know, you need to read Malachi mm-hmm. uh, or Hezekiah. I mean, you start, you start telling them places in the Old you're, Testament. You're, did you tell them to go read Hezekiah? Because that, that would be really funny. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've, I've given people in Jeremiah. I mean. Uh, just give them give them places. I told a guy the other day. I says you, you need to read uh, First Chronicles, mm-hmm. and he says First Chronicles. I said, yeah. I said you're asking questions that are answered in First Chronicles. You need to need to add and ask and read First Chronicles. He See, looks at me like because what that does is it forces people to actually do their own homework and to be take a, take ownership of their own learning. Yes, and, and I call them back and say, okay, what'd you learn? Mm-hmm. So I'm holding them accountable. So I don't just give out homework. I also ask them to share with me what they've, what they've learned from that homework. Which that's important. I mean, that's one of the probably, I think, as I've been coaching people, the thing that a lot of people who are trying to disciple others fall short of the most is the accountability and the follow-up on it. Because it's just, I, I don't know, maybe it's something about our American culture currently that we're just not even aware that we are supposed to be doing or is a good thing to do. But it's one of the main ways in which we can disciple and teach people in the sense of that our role is to follow up and, and, and make sure that they're actually doing the things. Well, and the other, the other problem I see is we have leaders that are often young leaders who are doing this. And they have problems with their obedience statements. Mm. So when they're asked by the, you know, when they start to share obedience statements, they sometimes stay quiet because they don't want to say that. They don't want to say, I'm going to do this in my life. Mm. And, and they that don't want to commit a, to it. And so I'm saying that that leadership is, is really important, but it's also important how it participates in the meeting. My participation in a discovery group is to equip and train the facilitator who is also a lost person in that discovery mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and say, well, how do you find that person? That's pretty easy. You just ask the group, who do you see as your spiritual leader here? Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you pretty quickly, oh, and they, I mean, it's funny what's five fingers point at the same time at someone and say, that's the spiritual leader. But what, what, what if they point at the person who just thinks they know a lot, but they're not really a, a doer? Well, uh, that comes out pretty quickly when you, because, because when you're, when you're spending every week with a facilitator, mm-hmm. so I'll spend, you know, if we're going 26 weeks, I'm with that facilitator for 26 weeks mm-hmm. and, and it's two meetings a week. It's a prior meeting before they go into the discovery group. And then there's a post meeting evaluation after they've gone into the discovery group. Mm-hmm. And those meetings last from 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Because we're you know, saying, well, you know, so-and-so just keeps interrupting me. What do I do? I said, talk to him before the meeting. Mm-hmm. And say, I'll, I'll give you a nod when it's okay for you to talk, but don't interrupt me. You know, and just don't interrupt anybody else. I mean, uh, so they're talking, they're interrupting each other, always trying to interject their piece of knowledge. And you say, look, you just talk to people. Say, in our group, we let a person finish their comments. And if it's going too long, I'll say, hey, thank you. And then we'll move on. But but the one who keeps coming in and and always giving us problems, we we don't we don't uh, tolerate the wrong word. We don't allow it. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't allow one person to muscle in on a on a group and and take it over and do whatever they want to with it. And and that's difficult because sometimes you have a spiritual leader who's not a strong leader. Mm-hmm. And and you need the spiritual leader more than you need the strong leader. Right. Someone who, someone who understands what's going on, in, and someone who is genuinely trying to discover God and not just lead people and and exercise power. But that's the 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 most common thing that goes wrong is a is a a believer in the meeting mm-hmm. or the wrong facilitator. That is, they're not equipping the facilitator on a week by week basis. So when a, we, a facilitator being Equipped is about saying, this is the passage you're look at, looking at today. I don't want you to read it. Mm-hmm. Here, here, here it is. Don't want you to read it. Because if you read it before you go into the group meeting, now you're a subject matter expert because you know more than everybody else mm-hmm. in the group about Because mm-hmm. you've thought about it. Mm-hmm. The, the discovery process is not about someone being no more than anyone else. It's about doing it together. So, you know, uh, again, I'm hearing somebody ask a question about this and say, does the Christian, uh, you know, suppose that I'm, you know, starting a discovery Bible study. So in in our organization, we delineate between a study and a group just for our verbal, you know, just for for us to be able to be clear when we're talking and stuff. So a study is one-on-one with a person and a a group is obviously one in a group. Um, I've had a lot of people ask, you know, does the, does the Christian ever answer the questions along with the rest of the group or with the one-on-one person, or do they just, that one person answers the questions or the group answers the questions and not the Christian? Don't ask your, I don't answer questions. I give new assignments that show where the, that I know will contain the answer. to the I, What I mean, answer the questions of like the questions of the discovery Bible study. So, you know, what does it say about God and man and all that? They're part of the process, in other words. Yes, but they're equipping the, 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 the facilitator of the meeting to ask those questions. And mm-hmm. those are the parts that you, that you go through. 
So you're going to have the introduction. You're going to have the feedback. You're going to have the engage them in the Bible study. You're going to have them with developing the needs. You're going to have them responding to how they're going to, to obey. And, and all that, those, those are the steps that are inside the meeting that you're looking at. And knowing that each one of those lead to what the church is going to look like later down the road. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you, you've got to maintain that, but you can do it through uh, equipping a facilitator mm-hmm. and having them learn the right questions to ask and say in the post speed, did you get to this? Did you get to this? Did you get to this? And, and they say, no, we didn't get to that. Well, why? Well, we ran out of time. Yeah, and so that's so that's coaching the facilitator to be able to ask ask questions. But yeah. you don't see a situation which a Christian is with a group of, or one of one with a lost person, and they personally are answering the question like they are. What does this passage say about God and man? Well, I think you know the lost person say I think this, and the Christian says, Well, I think that. Don't nope, don't do that. Okay, so there we go. <laughs> don't do that. The moment the moment you start giving an opinion, you're the you're the subject matter expert, mm-hmm. and then who wants to talk to you about that? And yeah. if you want to shut down conversations with lost people, start doing that. That'll shut them down. Right, because how I mean, can they top what you're saying? So first off, we are talking about one, like you said, one of the first things that people do when you call them up and they say it's not working or that somebody has adapted. It is one of the things that they adapted is somebody is actually teaching instead of leading discovery. So what is another major thing that people adapt or when it comes to the DBS? At the beginning of the DBS, you have a, you have a whole section there that's, that's about connecting with people Mm -hmm. and understanding. So what, what are you thankful for? Mm -hmm. That's a, and, you know, what are you stressing over? Mm-hmm. Who in our who in our group has needs? Who in our community has needs? These are all connecting questions. Mm-hmm. And, and the point is, you, if you don't ask these questions, you don't get to group. Mm-hmm. If you're not sharing thankfulness, you're not sharing, you're not sharing what you're stressing over, you're not sharing needs, then you're, you don't really have a group. You're not able to get frankly, into a sharing place. Yeah, and and if you look at many churches, we sit in rows. We don't talk to each other. We never get to a place where we're talking about what That's we're true. thankful for and what we're stressing about and, and what, what needs do we have, but also what needs do our community have that we can identify as a group. Mm-hmm. As a group, we, we have these needs. And occasionally, you know, in a big group, somebody stands and says, well, you know, the, the firehouse burnt down. We need to help. Mm-hmm. But they won't, they won't ask about single mom. Mm-hmm. Or they won't ask about the kids who can't go to school. Mm-hmm. They won't ask about, like in COVID right now, people, I mean, there are a lot of people are forced into homeschooling and they are totally ill-equipped to be mm-hmm. homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. They've never been to homeschooling training. They've never had. They well, it's don't not a decision a, they've made. And so they haven't been able to prepare for it. it exactly. And, and, and so these parents are getting frustrated and, and there's, there's a lot of them out there right now that are frustrated homeschoolers, mm-hmm. even though, even though there's the, the teacher is on them with a video link to their child, it's still different for the parent has to participate more in that kind of learning. So places where we can set up any kind of thing that looks at needs of the community, identifies needs of the community. And this is where in, in these small groups is where you really get a chance to identify needs if you're not identifying needs, you you are irrelevant to that community. It's very true. 
And so I, I, that's that's what so when we see discovery groups not working, they're not expanding, they're not growing, they're not multiplying. Often it's the fact they're not meeting any needs. I, I totally agree with that. I, I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine years ago, and you know, we were just talking and he said, you know, I feel like most of the churches that we have in the area, if they just suddenly disappeared off the face of the map, nobody would notice. Nobody yeah. would notice. They, and, and that's because, you know, we've spent so much of our time on being relevant in the sense of that we have more modern music or modern decor and more modern things like that. But we don't understand that being relevant means that we're that we serve, that we have, we serve a purpose to the current needs that are around us, that it's relevant to our lives at this particular point. And so when we, like you said, when we don't meet the needs of people around us, including the lost community around us, the gen, the, the larger community around us, then we're not relevant to the needs and the lives of the people around us. And so why would they, why would they want to engage with us? Why would they want to know what we have? Yeah, and, and knowledge is is never relevant until it's action. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can know how to fix a car, but if you see someone working down on the side of the road, you just drive right on past, that knowledge is irrelevant to that person. Right. To that situation. And the same goes with discovery meetings, is that if someone's sitting there with a question or a need mm-hmm. or a frustration and, and we're not we're not training our, our, our facilitators how to bring those things out and get them in the open and talk about them. So it's one of the skill sets you have to train. So like someone says something that's kind of interesting, you can say, you teach them, say, well, anybody else see something interesting in this passage? Mm-hmm. Say, and it may be something different. Say, so oh, encouraging that group think, that group correction, that group uh, Every time. Every time when somebody points out something special, somebody points out something that's, that they don't like, mm-hmm. you know, anybody else find something in here you didn't like, it's okay not to like things because they're not a part of God's kingdom yet. Mm-hmm. And, being, and being presented with you know, the, the prophetic <laughs> binary solution, yes or no, in or out, mm-hmm. then it shuts things down. It shuts down the learning. It shuts down the opportunity to get into spiritual conversations rather than just content conversations. And content conversations are okay, but our ultimate goal is spiritual conversations conversations that leads to a place where, where God and the Holy Spirit is going to be working in those lives. And the it's interesting that you say that is that it's okay for a person to have something they don't like and for us to admit it and still be seeking God. Because how many times do we see in the word people who obviously know and follow God don't like some of the things that God has told them or said to them or are struggling with something and God brings them through that. And so, you know, this is just another opportunity for God to bring them through that. But, you know, David, you know, you were talking about the needs of the community. I find that that's actually one of the first things that people throw out. I mean, to the point to where if I look at other organizations and things like that, they're not even including that question in the list that they send out, which is amazing because what is that that question but trying to get people to do the second commandment? <laughs> Well, yeah, and but the, also the question leads to the the next question is how can you help us? Mm-hmm, and, right. and they don't they don't want to answer that question. They don't want to be involved in helping people. They just want to be involved in correcting people. 
yeah and that's teaching people and stuff like that so so the the whole the whole point of the discovery group is is holistic it Mm -hmm. it is not just about words it's about actions it's not just about actions within the group it's about the group interacting with the community in which it's located and discovering the needs of people inside that inside their own community and saying hey look you know, we're five people here. We don't have a lot of money, but you know, Betty Joe over here needs some help. And how can we help her? Mm-hmm. Well, I could, you know, she's a single mom. She's got two new babies. She's struggling. I said, yeah, Hey, number one, help, help her clean her house. Mm-hmm. You know, number two, help give her a break from two babies occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, and, and you start thinking about things. How can we help this person regain their their mental health, regain their physical health, keep their sanity with house full of kids. It's, it's not often about, it's not often just, it's not just money. We're not talking about money. Mm-hmm. We're talking about engaging in life and helping people to, to make it through those hard times in life. And there's nothing harder than a first time mom. Mm-hmm. And second time moms right behind it. A third time mom has other issues because now she's got, children that are older and younger mm-hmm. fourth time mom it starts getting really tough i mean all of these things going and then you've got the they father have their who's own challenges working. yeah you got the father's working two jobs and you're going and, and i've got a guy i'm working with right now he, he just you know, saying you know this job you have is not going to meet your needs you can't you can't do anything with it are you asking people about available jobs well now in the last two weeks he's gotten two job offers that are twice the amount of money he was making in his old job. Right. And it's from the community saying, Hey, there is a guy over here who needs a, needs a diesel mechanic. And, and you've been trained as a diesel mechanic and worked as a diesel mechanic. You want to do that job? And he goes and applies and they hire him. And he went from, you know, went from being (laughs) basically a a go-kart mechanic to a diesel mechanic. Well, well, that's see, that's real solutions in everyday life. You know, I think especially in first world context, we have a tendency to only think about meeting the needs of community as some type of program. We have to work with some type of organization or program or something like that instead of just in and out through our lives, coming up with solutions for individual people that need our help. We have to come up with some programmatized, you know, how do we feed 200 people Thanksgiving dinner, you know, or something. And, 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 and I think that's one of the things that I have to do often with, with coaching people and doing the DBS process is, you know, don't think, you know, just program, think about just having a lifestyle of helping people and, and the people around you and taking ownership of that. Well, it's like a, a Thanksgiving time. I, I encourage people to say, you bought a turkey for your family. Did you buy a chicken for a family who had nothing? People talk about the tithe, and that's a legalistic approach, but it's about being generous. Mm-hmm. How can I be generous? When you give a chicken to someone who has no meat, that's mm-hmm. generous. Mm-hmm. And it's it's their understanding of generosity. And it's the things that, that we want to look at. The, the other mistake I see in in the group meetings is often people will say something that seems a little off the wall or a little harsh and, and the group shuts down because that, and you need to teach your facilitator say, why do you say that? Mm. Well, somebody comes out with a harsh statement or a strange statement, they have a reason that they've said it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And, and we, don't, we don't often look for, okay, what are you thinking when you said this thing? And that's, that's again, that's how you're building group identity. We're, we got to get inside people's heads mm-hmm. to really be a group. It's not just about sitting in the room together. Mm-hmm. It's about understanding how people are thinking, understand what pushes their buttons and makes them angry or frustrated or fearful, what makes them happy, what makes them cry. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things, which, which kind of people they're willing to work with versus the ones they're not, they're uncomfortable working with. And all of these things are a part of the group dynamic. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you look at a discovery group, it, it truly is a microcosm of what's going on inside a community. And if you're not facilitating that microcosm, whether you're coaching the facilitator to do it or the facilitator is failing to do what you're coaching them to do. And this is the important thing to remember. Coaching is about perfecting group leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what you're doing with facilitator. You're helping them get better and better at group facilitation to the point that later they can coach group facilitators. And this is so, this is such an important part, you know, and understanding that people need this coaching in order to be able to really see this come about. You know, a, a lot of times, you know, we we uh, do. A, we, we introduce somebody to how to do DBS and then we hand them the questions and tell them, go do that. And this is whether it's Christians doing it with other Christians or whether it's one Christian who's not going to try to do this with, with a lost group of friends. And we think that's it. They're good. And they go off and we don't follow up and actually help them go through the process. And um, that I know that's why when when Paul and I coach, we have to ask specific questions every time. So what mm-hmm. did they say in response to this question? And what did they say in response to the next question? Because undoubtedly people will say things like, oh, it went good. It went good. And and they don't. And you when you ask a question like, "Ooh, <laughs> this is a this is a part where we may need some some help here. And just asking the process helps people to be consistent in asking or all the questions. Just ask them to unpack what they mean by it went good or it went mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you say the meeting went bad. Well, unpack that. Only two people showed up. <laughs> I said, oh, well, that's not bad. Two people showed up. That, that's the same as 20 people showing up. You have a responsibility to those two people mm-hmm. as you would if there were 20 people or 20,000 people in the audience. You have a responsibility to do the right things to the audience and with the audience. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, a, that's the things that people fail to recognize is that uh, when two people show up, they're the right two people. Mm-hmm. And, and now if you start having meetings and nobody's showing up, then you're not the right person. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of what we have to evaluate is is it, is it the right person facilitating this meeting? Because and, and we find you know the the when the when the meeting doesn't get to that spiritual level, like you're not asking the question, uh, how are you going to answer the I will statement as a result of this? And and then you start badgering. Well, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Well, you need to stop and let people think about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you one minute to think about that. One minute's a long time to think. You, our minds run, run much faster than our mouths do. Mm-hmm. So you give them the minute to think about, okay, in, in response to this passage we studied today, I'm going to give you one minute to think about what you can specifically do in your life to become more aligned with God in this matter. Mm-hmm. And so what's your I will statement here? And then sit and keep your mouth shut for at least 60 seconds. Right. Let them think. 
you can always tell people when they're thinking, they're looking up, they're, they've got their heads down. Sometimes they close their eyes. But when all of a sudden they start fidgeting and moving around, you know the group's ready to answer the question. Mm-hmm. And that, that's part of group leadership is understanding. you got to read the body language in the group if you're going to be an effective group leader. Mm-hmm. So when you got a hard passage in the Bible, people start crossing their arms and crossing their legs and turning their shoulders towards you. Mm-hmm. You, you know immediately, okay, we've had a spot that's a sore place for this group. Mm-hmm. So we got to help them unpack that. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a, a, it doesn't become an abscess in their life, so to speak. It becomes something now they've opened up to and say, you know, well, you know, this whole thing about monogamy, I'm not sure about that. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, so obviously people are listening. This is something that would be in certain cultures, but not in other cultures. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. uh, that you, that the cultural aspect, when you look at any culture and it's doing things that are, is contrary to the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, they often feel bad about their cultures in that area. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always a part of understanding culture. That's the reason an outsider is the wrong person to lead a group because they don't understand the culture. Right. But with the right facilitator as the as the spokesman, mm-hmm. and you're you're coaching that facilitator, and I encourage always the facilitator needs to be as lost as everybody else in the group. Mm-hmm. And they're not prepping ahead of time. They're they're hitting this material fresh at the same time everyone is hitting the material fresh so they get an answer and they go you know i don't have a i don't have an answer to that question let's just think about it for a little bit mm-hmm. you tell them just let the group come up with answers and then if they don't feel right they're probably not right <laughs> and you come and, back and, to, but now they can you can talk to them afterwards about what happened and, yeah, and, and everything exactly so when you're debriefing the facilitator they got one of those moments and they, and they're going to be there well, we just all felt like this was really over the top for us. And so, you know, that's good. That's a good thing that you understand it's over the top. Guess what? It's over the top for me too. You know, there's, there's places in the Bible I don't like to read because it challenges my beliefs mm-hmm. or it challenges what I'm not doing and should be doing or it challenges what I'm not thinking or what I am thinking that I should not do or should do. You know, so that's the point of the Bible study. It, it's, it's going to dig into every nook and cranny of their life in mm-hmm. the discovery process. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. You can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com.